is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackliff, and it is Friday, September 18th. Week two started, baby. Thank you, Cleveland, Cincinnati, for showing us that any football is good football. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That was so much fun, the offensive explosion in that game. And Joe Burrow with 61 passing attempts. Woo! Just like we drew it up, huh? Anyway, uh, no major takeaways. We're not going to focus on that today because we're looking forward on the show today. So I'm going to break down the remaining 14 games for you this weekend. We'll save Monday for Monday, Monday Night Football for Monday's podcast. But the remaining 14 games for us here on Sunday, we're breaking them down for you. Breaking them all down. But first, got to tell you about our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to check out MonkeyKnifeFight.com. MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the fastest-growing daily fantasy site in the world because MonkeyKnifeFight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on MonkeyKnifeFight.com, there's no salary caps. You don't have to play against the Sharks. That means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. MonkeyKnifeFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, eSports, and football. Monkey Knife Fight has it all, and you know what else? MonkeyKnifeFight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. It's pretty good right there. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're getting into when you sign up to play. Monkeys and Knives and Fights and Sports. Sign up and play today at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. It's a great time to sign up there, I'm telling you. With football here, I know you might maybe you're a little reluctant without football, but with football here, it's pretty fun to play. Not going to lie, pretty fun. All right, so let's get into this weekend's action here. We'll kick things off with the Giants and Chicago Bears. And, uh, well, in this contest, the Bears open up five-point favorites. They're five-and-a-half-point favorites now. The over-under has moved down from 43-and-a-half to 42 not a huge surprise that this isn't the highest scoring game or expected highest scoring game out there. But this is another one where Daniel Jones, if I'm a Daniel Jones owner, I'm fading him. That was my advice last week. It's my advice again. Chicago pretty stingy against quarterbacks last year. And last week they held Matthew Stafford in check. I think that Saquon rebounds in a big way this week, though. Uh, so I'm not worried about him, but I'm going to keep Daniel Jones on the bench for the time being. This is the beauty to the safe and upside approach. If you went safe and upside, well, you have a safe option. You have Drew Brees, you have Ben Roethlisberger, you have somebody like that who you can use right now while Daniel Jones, you're you're waiting for it to happen. I'd rather it happen on my bench, you know, him blow up on my bench than him stink up the joint in my starting lineup, right? On the other side, well, Mitchell Trubisky <laughs> last week, can we get a an encore here? Hey, the Giants allowed three passing scores to Ben Roethlisberger in the open, so that will be interesting. I also think you can flex out David Montgomery. I'm not going any further than that. Benny Snell ran well against this defense, but I'm not going to get too cute. But I am actually in a situation where I lost A.J. Brown, who obviously is not playing this weekend, and I I honestly have to move David Montgomery into the starting lineup, and I don't feel terrible about it. I'm just not going to get too cute here. And I think that's a great point just in general. I had somebody call into the SiriusXM show this morning and say, you know, uh, I need upside. And I said, you know what? You don't need upside. You need the guys who are going to score the most points. That's how we win in fantasy football is we score more points than our opponent. 
Upside has never won anything in fantasy football because upside isn't, you know, isn't something you can quantify, right? It's, oh, this guy has upside, right? It's one of those cliche words. I know I use it a lot too, so whatever. I'm a basic bro for fantasy. But regardless, it's it's not quantifiable. And oftentimes, if you're shooting for upside, and the guy wanted to you know start Darius Slayton in this game over DJ Moore, which he shouldn't have done. You, you shouldn't do that. It's getting cute. And I'll talk about DJ Moore. I, I talked a little about him yesterday. I'll talk about him again today. If you missed yesterday's pod, it's wide receiver cornerback matchups. But that's just getting cute. Like, you want to score the most points. So you actually want to be conservative with your start-sit decisions. Because, yeah, sure, every so often, what what would you say? Like, maybe 30 times out of 100, the Darius Slayton thing works out. But more often than not, it's not going to work out. So I want to play the the odds. I want to play the numbers in my favor here. I don't want to shoot for upside. That's That's a sort of loser's mentality. It's great in fantasy drafts. But in season, man, if you mess with fantasy football, fantasy football is going to burn you. It's going to burn you. So anyway, on to Atlanta, Dallas. Uh, If you hadn't heard, this game is (laughs) potentially high scoring. And of course, it is the highest over under on the board this week. 54 is what this thing is up to. Not a huge surprise here. You know, fully expect the Dallas offense to to be humming in this one. And uh, well... Atlanta can can at least punch out of the corner here. Uh, right now, Dallas, four-point favorites. That's moved all the way down from seven and a half. Interesting movement there. Anyway, everybody on Dallas, you're starting. Had a little worry about Amari Cooper. I still think we have to look at him closely just to make sure you know he's, he's good to go, but it sounds like he is going to be good to go. So I like Cooper as a top 10 option. I like Gallup as a top 20 option. I like CD as a top 30 option. And I love Zeke, even though the Seahawks only put up 43 rushing yards on 16 carries, still like Zeke against this Atlanta defense. On the other side, I don't really think there's an upgrade or downgrade. I mean, Hayden Hurst is is like a fringe tight end one. And just be clear that this isn't the same defense that the Cowboys ran last year. So that's going to be a little bit different. We can't just use last year's matchup numbers for, for tight ends. But what I like about this game is when you have a 54 or 53 and a half over under, whatever it ends up settling out at, there's going to be a lot of meat on the bone in the passing game. And I think that Matt Ryan yet again has another big one. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, love him across the board. Went about when I went over that in the uh, ranking show earlier in the week. Detroit and Green Bay, another divisional game for both of these teams here to start off the season. Right now, Green Bay, six and a half point favorites. That hasn't moved, but the over-under has moved up. It's moved up three and a half points, four, 46 to open, 49 and a half right now. Giddy up. Adrian Peterson. <laughs> well, see, the thing is, Green Bay allowed 5.6 yards per carry to the Vikings last week, so I think we're going to see a lot of Adrian Peterson in this one. And the thing about it, why I kind of like that, I, I'm not going to use Adrian Peterson. I want anybody who I'm in a league with where I don't have DeAndre Swift to start panicking like crazy right now and do something stupid because it's, it's going to be DeAndre Swift down the stretch. It's not going to be Adrian Peterson, but for now it is Adrian Peterson. So expect a healthy dose of him. Expect a healthy dose of Devontae Adams, and really that means good things for Aaron Rodgers. He's back in our good graces for sure after last week, and he's facing a Lions defense that just made Mitchell Trubisky look good. Also, Aaron Jones. I mean, hey, this Lions defense last year, I'm not going to really look at last week because, as I said, sort of David Montgomery coming off the injury and David Montgomery being David Montgomery. 
But man, they were really friendly to opposing running backs. So Aaron Jones locked in as a top 12 play. Jacksonville and Tennessee. Tennessee opened up 11-point favorites. That's down to 7.5. That line is weird. 11 was really high. 42.5 over-unders moved up to 44. Uh, there's This is a lot of mid-pack. Like There's nothing to write home about for Jacksonville. It's just mid-range. And if I don't mention your players on this show, that's basically why, because their matchup doesn't stand out on one side or the other. The only thing is I did mention last this past week that it was a good matchup for Noah Fant, and it ended up being a good matchup for Noah Fant. I just can't see how we're using Tyler Eifert with any confidence. So really not much to report there. On the other side, the Jags allowed the most fantasy points to running backs in week one. They allowed 17 catches to the to the position, to the Colts backfield. I literally, I, I, I had the numbers in front of me and I was like, nah, that's not right. <laughs> so I had to go and like triple check. Oh no, it's right. Like that's an insane amount of catches that Derrick Henry will not be having this week. So we're not going to get that there, but... He's a top five play. I love him this week, you know, in this matchup. Ryan Tannehill, it it gets a favorable matchup, but without A.J. Brown, that puts a little bit of a damper on things for him. So keep that in mind. We're upgrading, obviously, Corey Davis and then Adam Humphreys. Both of those guys are dirt cheap in DFS this week, by the way. So uh, 3,400 for Humphreys, 4,000 for Corey Davis this week. So, you know, have fun with that one. Minnesota, Indianapolis. Uh, Open up Indy giving three and a half. Now they're giving three. 47 over under. This is another one that's moved up to 48 and a half. I don't expect a huge day from Dalvin Cook. You know, maybe not the most efficient day. This is an Indy team that only allowed four rushing touchdowns to the position last year. 3.9 yards per carry to Jacksonville, basically to James Robinson last week. But whatever, like this is one of those classic examples of maybe not the best matchup. Maybe it doesn't really matter because you have a top five fantasy running back. So don't overthink it. On the other side, the Vikings, man, they got just torched through the air. 364 passing yards, four touchdowns to the Packers. Phil Rivers really isn't in play, but I love T.Y. Hilton as an upgrade wide receiver too. Paris Campbell could potentially be flexed out, but don't go too overboard with Paris Campbell. I think it's it's going to be the Jonathan Taylor show as well. I really do. I have him ranked as a top 10 running back this week. It's a favorable matchup. Minnesota won just five teams last week to over, allow over five yards per carry. So Jonathan Taylor, the breakout happens in week two. Buffalo and Miami. Buffalo now giving five and a half. They opened up minus three on the road. It's a 41 over under. I don't like to mess with these divisional games. You're thinking like survivor games, by the way. I don't like to mess with them. So just 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 throwing that out there. Sometimes it is too good to be true. But the matchups are almost across the board good for the Bills. Hey, Miami just got you know, kind of lit up on the ground by Cam Newton, kind of. 75 yards and two scores. They got lit up on the ground. Now they're facing another mobile quarterback with a nose for the end zone. Like, just do the math, right? <laughs> just do the math. The big question I think a lot of people have is, and some people may be in the situation with both Bills running backs, which I I really advise against drafting two guys from the same team at running back, just really sets you off for a lot of conundrums during the season. But Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, who do I prefer? And this week, I'm going to tell you, right now, I do prefer, and it's very close, 
Moss. And the reason why is he had two goal line carries last week and Singletary was not using the goal line. He basically never is using the goal line region. So I'm kind of shooting for the touchdown. Miles Gaskin is basically the best Dolphins running back, in my opinion, as the kids say, IMO. Uh, but we're not using him. But he should be on your bench. And I don't think Jordan Howard should. <laughs> I think Jordan Howard is cuttable. Mike Gesicki owners, be patient. Just be patient. It'll be two a time before you know it. It'll be it, two a time is coming, all right? San Francisco and the Jets. Open up minus four for San Francisco on the road. Now minus seven. 43 and a half over under has moved down to 41 and a half. The Jets allowed 312 passing yards last week. Jimmy G showed us, though, that even in a good matchup, he's pretty much meh. He's a dink and dunk, low ADOT guy. And I don't know what's going to happen with George Kittle. What I can tell you is this. I'm not using Jimmy G as anything more than a quarterback two in two quarterback leagues, not using him in one quarterback leagues. And if Kittle doesn't go, don't get cute with this thing and be like, yeah, should I start Jordan Reed? I don't know what to expect out of Jordan Reed. And I used to be a Jordan Reed apologist. I would much rather go out and get somebody like Logan Thomas, who's very likely still available in a lot of leagues if you're a Kittle owner, than go after Jordan Reed here, all right? Uh, Be a little careful with Raheem Mostert. That Jets run defense is actually pretty good. They allowed 2.3 yards per carry to the Bills' backfield. Mostert's an RB, too. Just don't get too out of control, based on, especially based on last week's production. So, Lev Bell's sideline. Frank Gore's going to be out there. We don't want any piece of Frank Gore here. Even though San Francisco kind of sputtered out of the gate, they're still a really good team and a really good run defense, so don't mess with that. Rams and Philly. I'm excited for this one. Open up Philly, minus four and a half. It is now Philly, minus one. Hmm. That's interesting right there. 49 and a half over under has slid down to 45 and a half. Philly last week held Washington to 60 yards on 28 carries. The Philly run defense is good. 2.2 yards per carry. If you spent 30%, 40%, 50% of your fab budget on Malcolm Brown, I would say just be very careful here. Because you could be on Monday looking back and saying, what did I do? And I'm not... I'm not really blaming you. It's just that we have this short-term view when we get into the season. And this is a tough matchup, not to mention the fact that I do still expect to see plenty of Cam Akers. So play the long game there. There's a reason why I didn't recommend spending 50% of my fab budget on him. Even Even in the, Jeff, you don't understand, running backs go like crazy in my league leagues. Even there, I didn't spend 50%. I'm in one of those leagues. I put out a blocker. I put out a 20% on him. I wasn't even close to getting him, but just in case everybody fell asleep at the wheel, that blocker, that price enforcer was out there. So just be careful. He's a back-end RB2 this week. I do like Tyler Higby in this one. Uh, Gerald Everett's banged up, and the aforementioned Logan Thomas did pretty well against the Eagles last week. Saw eight targets, four catches, got in the end zone. So Tyler Higby... Let's go. Miles Sanders is going to play. Miles Sanders should be in your starting lineups. Don't overthink this one. And actually, the Rams were pretty kind to uh, to Zeke last week as well. They're going to get after Carson Wentz. The offensive line is still banged up. But Carson Wentz threw for the most air yards last week. Now, you're not in a points per air yard league. I get it. But at least it's an indicator. 520 air yards. It's an indicator that we should be you know, hanging on 
to Carson Wentz, maybe not starting him this week, but hanging on to him. Denver and Pittsburgh. Denver and Pittsburgh. Right now, this one is sitting at uh, the Steelers minus seven. Open up at minus five. The over-under has really dropped in this one. It was 44. It's down to 40 and a half, one of the lowest scoring projected games on the board this week. Uh, Not the week to be bullish on Melvin Gordon. We saw the Steelers allow seven rushing yards to the Giants. Seven. Saquon Barkley owners will attest to that. Seven. So even with Phil Lindsay banged up, not the week to be overboard on Mel Gordon. He's still an RB2. This is not a, hey, Jeff, should I sit him for and fill in your flex running back? No. No. You're still starting him, but just be aware of the matchup, okay? Cortland Sutton will have to keep an eye on his status as well. I'm reluctant just across the board. This Pittsburgh defense is no joke. All right, so it looks like James Conner is going to play this weekend. So if you picked up Benny Snell, he's going back to the bench. This is going to be James Conner's backfield. We're going to see more Benny Snell than maybe we had thought to start the season. But I do think you ultimately have to view James Conner as a starting fantasy running back, so an RB2. You know, that as until further notice, it's kind of where we are. And we don't know how last week would have worked out before the ankle injury. So he's back. He's ready to roll. I know that's frustrating. No other upgrades, downgrades, or anything like that there. Carolina and Tampa Bay. Looking forward to this one. Open up minus eight and a half for Tampa Bay. It stayed there 40, 48 and a half over under. It's at 47 and a half right now. Do not underestimate the Bucks' pass defense. They held Drew Brees in check last week. So. Be careful here with your expectations for the Carolina passing game. You're not going to be using Teddy Bridgewater, I get that, but just be careful with your expectations for DJ Moore in this one. Uh, I know that there are going to be people after the first two weeks of the season who are going to be on like the DJ Moore sucks train or something like that. Come on. Uh, he does not. It's It's been a couple tough matchups here, so just temper the expectations. Anyway, uh, the run defense for the Bucs is also pretty stinking good. They were the number 30 fantasy matchup last year. They held the Saints in check, although Kamara did score some decent fantasy points. But the key is they were the ones who deciphered Christian McCaffrey. He had 68 rushing yards on 38 attempts. That's not a Christian McCaffrey-like line right there. But the good news is that uh, he did put up uh, two touchdowns in their second meeting last year, so don't overthink it. He's a top three play. Carolina on the other end of the spectrum, we just saw them get you know lit up, predictably lit up by Josh Jacobs. Well, Ronald Jones, <laughs> you willing to do it? I'll do it if you do it. <laughs> Here we go, Ronald Jones. He's an RB two. I'm holding my breath. <laughs> Not really. But we're going to do it anyway. I, I mean, and watch. Leonard Fournette scores like three touchdowns. But based on what we know, you have to view him as an RB2, and I'm going to put him in some DFS lineups as well. Uh, Washington and Arizona. And this one, Arizona open seven-point favorites. They're seven-point favorites still. 45.5 open for the over-under, and now it's 46.5. Cardinals allowed a big day to Raheem Mostert. I think that's actually good for Antonio Gibson. Not good enough to start Antonio Gibson, but good enough so that we feel a little bit better about our Antonio Gibson shares after this week. So just just a thought there. Arizona gets really a favorable matchup in the passing game here. I mentioned the 520 air yards. So Kyler Murray, 
who really got it done with his legs last week. I think he's going to get it done with his arm this week. I, I actually really like paying up for the Kyler D-hop stack in DFS this week. Uh, now, on in terms of the pass rush, I know that is going to be a concern because that Washington pass rush is really good, but Kyler's mobility kind of helps out there. Also, Kenyon Drake squarely in the RB1 conversation, obviously, but the matchup is a lot better than what it may have seemed last week because the Eagles were really shorthanded, not only along the offensive line, but also at running back. They were really down to their third string running back in that game. Kansas City and the Chargers. This one has moved up from five and a half to eight and a half now. Kansas City, eight and a half point favorites. But the over-under has dropped. It opened at 51 and a half. That's down to 47 and a half right there. I actually like that line movement. I think that makes a lot of sense. So, uh, I mean, just to point out a couple things, like the Chargers did hold Joe Burrow in check in week one. doesn't really matter for Patrick Holmes, but I am ranking him at three instead of two. <laughs> so there's that. And they did a good job against the run game, so it doesn't really matter that much for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but now I have him in the back end of the top ten instead of the middle. Like, you're going to start him anyway, all right? Uh, in terms of the Chargers, though, so this team did prioritize the run game in week one. 39 rushing attempts in that contest. So I think we're going to see a lot of Austin Eckler yet again. And I think we're going to see enough jo- Joshua Kelly here to warrant consideration in DFS. I'm not going to go as far as playing him in season-long leagues. But, you know, if we do see that he is the primary red zone back, you know, especially the goal line back, then that's going to put that's going to further complicate things for Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler's lack of involvement in the passing game from week 1 is concerning. Austin Eckler not being, you know, used down there too, that that really will hurt things. So, here's what I'm hoping for. I am hoping the Chargers lose and lose big time and I'm hoping that Terod Taylor throws a couple picks or whatever and not nothing against Terod Taylor. I just want Justin Herbert out there. I really do. So that's where we are. Baltimore and Houston. Well, the aforementioned Clyde Edwards-Alaire just destroyed the Texans, so that is good for the Baltimore run game, which also happens to be very good. I just don't know how exactly to gauge this game, this run game. I know people are down on Mark Ingram, but I wouldn't be. And I think they're down on him because J.K. Dobbins was the guy who found the end zone twice. But Ingram had 10 carries, and Dobbins had 7. And I think that's the more important number here. I think Ingram bounces back, has a nice one in this one. Ingram is an RB2. I would flex out Dobbins, though, because I think it's that good of a matchup. It's a bad matchup on the other side, but I will say this. Deshaun Watson gets downgraded. He's still a top 10 play. This is a classic example of don't overdo it based on the matchup. Yes, the matchup is tough, but it's not tough enough to take a guy who's a top five fantasy quarterback and move him to like 18 or something like that. We're moving him to 8, 9, 10, sure, but not that far. So he's still a starter. And the same thing with David Johnson. This is a tough matchup, but remember last week, 180 or 180, 138 rushing yards on 27 carries to the Browns. So I think David Johnson still is very much an RB2 play this week. A little bit of a downgrade, but, you know, not too much. Finally, New England and Seattle. Seattle gave up 450 passing yards. Cam Newton is not going to throw for 450 passing yards. But Kenny, Kenny cracked two hunch this week. I think he can. I do. I don't think it's going to be a big day with, through the air, but he's still a top 10 play. If you drafted him, I think you're going to make out really well with Cam Newton this year. So top 10, especially with his ability with his legs. 
on the other side, Russ has ability with his legs, sure, but here, there's a couple challenges. Like New England is no joke. Last year they were the worst matchup for quarterbacks and running backs. But again, we're not going to move it so that Russ isn't a starter. You're going to play him. And on my Sirius XM show, Adam Kaplan stopped by yesterday. We talked about the passing explosion from the Seattle offense, and he said it was by design. So are they going to continue to throw the rock this week? I mean, if they do, man, Russ is going to put up some major numbers this year, even in tough matchups. Now, it is a tough matchup for Chris Carson as well. We saw New England basically, well, predictably shut down the Dolphins run game last week. Carson is still an RB2. But, you know, these are these types of plays where where I'm talking about, like, don't shoot for upside, shoot for the midpoint. And the midpoint for Chris Carson most weeks is around about top 20, just inside the top 20, even in this tough matchup. If he doesn't have that type of day, we look at it and we have the perspective knowing, okay, this was a tough matchup, and you sort of give these guys the benefit of the doubt if it happens once or twice. If it continues to happen, that's when we don't give them the benefit of the doubt, and that's when we you know, really start to get concerned. But hey, man, one bad week doesn't really, you know, isn't isn't a game changer, isn't isn't game over for fantasy purposes, all right? So there you go. Week two fantasy football. Things are getting better at FTN. Things are getting a lot better. I'm really excited about this. The wide receiver cornerback matchup tool by yours truly over at FTNfantasy.com, FTNdaily.com. It is now new and improved. And get this, for the first time in wide receiver cornerback matchup history, you can search for your player. You want to just see that one guy you don't have to scroll? Oh, you can search, baby. You can search. It is amazing. It is worth the price of admission. And if you use the promo code RATPACK, you get 10% off of any subscription. So it's not too late. It's not too late to sign up. And man, oh man, I I, I got stuck like... I caught myself, and I I study this thing more than, you know, I I produce it, and I caught myself, I'm like, man, I just spent like the last 15 minutes just sitting here searching through players, (laughs) but it's awesome, it is officially awesome, and new tools continuing to come on the site every single day, every single day, so go check it out, ftnfantasy.com, ftndaily.com, ftnbets.com. We're moving on, man. We're getting close to 800 reviews. That means we would be only a little over 200 away from 1,000. Let's get there. Review the show on iTunes. It's a great way to help us out. And the easiest way to do it is if you have an iPhone, you could do it right now if you're listening to us on an iPhone. Open up the podcast app. Find my podcast, The Rant. Scroll to the bottom and click the stars. It is that easy. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. And don't forget, Sunday mornings, 8 to noon Eastern, CBS Sports Network, that other pregame show. You see me, my ugly mug up there, talking some fantasy throughout the course of the show. It is an excellent show to just put on. Put it, Have it on. As you're getting ready for the day for football, just put it on. Just put it on, all right? I'll catch you on the flip side of the weekend for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here. 